Hi, I'm Lily Stitches. And I'm Vanka Romanoff. You're listening to the Scene World Podcast. <laughs> It's the Scene World Podcast. My name is being AJ. Jurg is sitting over there. How's it going? Hello, AJ. Hello, listeners. Uh, in a minute, we're going to be talking to Stefano Arnold. He is the chairman of Tech Toy. They are a Brazilian toy manufacturing company, and they make uh, the, the Sega Master System. And uh, they're going to be coming out with a, a, a Sega Genesis for those of us that live in the U.S. and Mega Drive for everybody else. Interesting, interesting bit of trivia. I just recently found out that on Facebook, if if someone types like in German, if they read a message in German, they say Sega Mega Drive. When you translate it, it translates to Sega Genesis, which right. is which is kind of kind of interesting and, and and obscure, but but cool, I suppose. Yes, it's the same. Like when you translate Tetris into Chinese, mm-hmm. you get a colorful blocks. Oh, really? Yes, so Google um, and Bing, Bing, which is used on Facebook, and Google Translate, which is used on other services, actually are clever enough to even um, translate the official names of things in other countries. Sweet giblets. Nice. You didn't know that. Okay, I, I did. I did not know that. That's, that's things that I'm discovering. Okay, so um, so so that's coming up in a minute. Um, in the meantime... Things are happening, uh, such as? Well, um, for example, we have now our newsletter. Mm. Hey. So if you want to if you wanna have the news in a newsletter in your emails every couple of weeks, then you can go to our homepage, symbol.org, and click on the very right corner. And there, next to the Google Plus icon, you have this uh, newsletter icon and you can click on it and then you can fill in your email address and this was done because some people asked us if we don't have a newsletter because they prefer having it all in one place than going to facebook twitter all those sorts of things Mm -hmm. so actually you get an email every couple of weeks that resembles our blog posts so you get that all in your email It essentially just aggregates a lot of the um the news that we would have on the website and sends it right to your email, but not, not every day, not necessarily every week, every couple of weeks. So we're not spamming you every three seconds with stuff that's going on. Exactly. Yes. Cause no one likes that. Um, well, we try to, to, to listen to our readers and to our listeners. So after having, um, since a year, the magazine, running in a JavaScript emulation version of Wise. Mm-hmm. Now we finally have a newsletter. So we try to improve, even if it takes a while. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got no news. I've been talking the last few podcasts about the SidFX because it came out, it, it, it sold, it was awesome. I got mine. I've been playing with it for a couple of weeks now. Um, I'm still working on a, on a video review for it. I'm... Um, I'm awaiting some parts before I finish that up. Um, it's it's a really cool unit, and they've finished selling the original pre-orders. 
I guess they've hit the orders that were on the waiting list, and they still have some left. So right now they are selling the last units from the reserve. So if if you didn't get one, and if you want to get one, um, then go to sitfx.dk, and it's a it is a really cool thing. If not, even if you don't use it for, you know, like the the dual SID thing. It still gives you the ability to have both a, a 6581 and an 8580 in your machine and dynamically switch between them depending on what music, what the music is, is calling for. Which is actually, a, which is a really cool feature. But it also has, you know, uh, uh, you know, stereo SID, um, capabilities. And the thing I like the most is to have it on mono and, but to have each SID playing. So like your left speaker is like your, your 6581 and the right speaker is the 8580 and they're playing the same thing, but you can hear the difference between the two and they kind of, they complement each other in a lot of songs. It's actually really, a really cool feature that I don't think anything else does. Right. And they're, right. and they're ridiculously inexpensive for what it is and for the, for the the work that went into them and the the talent in creating them, and they're only like, uh, well, like seventy bucks, you know, fifty something euros, which is really, I mean, that's pretty reasonable, I think. Hmm. So yeah, well, I have to say, I'm really waiting to put in mine. <laughs> he still hasn't put it in yet. Yeah, because now friends of mine suggested that I get a. A different thing, a keyman, I think it's called, where you can actually program your keyboard with commands, hotkeys, so I actually don't need to drill holes for the switches. Right, right. Into my red limited edition Kickstarter. You, case. Know, you know what I've seen a lot of people do actually is just run the switches out one of the ports in the back, and just just have them kind of sitting there. Yes, but. Then I prefer something what about that the, is um, more stable. What about the um, the audio? Because it comes with a uh, with a mini uh, like a like a headphone port. That that's what I've been using, and it actually cleans the sound up quite a bit, and it makes it way better to do. Um, I guess uh, what, are you using? Uh, you're using a Reloaded, right? Yes. Okay. I was going to say because if you were using the real thing, I would take out like the RF box and just use that whole. But the reloaded, I think, uses that hole for something. Yes, um, it uses the hole for. It has a headphone plug, and it has an MS video. Okay. Oh well, yeah. So you but, got the headphone plug built in, so you'd probably maybe not need <laughs> words. So, so you might not even need to hook that up. I mean, you can even. Of course, I need. I need it for the second yeah, channel. Yeah, you can. So I mean, what you I can plug it in and not even, you know. You you could plug the thing in and just not even plug in any of the wires to it. So it's it's yeah. What what I'm actually planning to do is not using the switches, but having a second plug for the stereo. Mm -hmm. That so I need it, right. but to have that hanging out. Yeah. But to have that hanging out and the switches would be a bit too much, you right. know. Yeah. Um. Don't want to lose the portability of the system. Actually. Right. And if you if you move it a centimeter, you could you know rip off the cables. Nah, that's yeah. uh, uh, so. I better wait till the end of February when all my friends figure it out, and I have the Man, end of February. <laughs> okay, yeah. so after so besides that, um, oh here's here's one for us. The Commodore Leo is out. Um, I actually talked to Paolo Besser a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, I asked him about it, and he said that it should be out in a couple of days, uh, as far as, you know, as long as nothing happened. And he was right, and it was out in a couple of days. So the Leo is available now. Um, you can find that at uh, commodore-cbm.com. It's also available for sale on Amazon. Uh, it, it goes for uh, 249 euros, which is about 260 American uh, U.S. dollars, which is actually quite a bit less than the pet went for. So, so it's got that much going for it that it's cheaper than the pet. As for specs, um, I'm looking at five-inch display. It's got 16 gigs of memory, internal memory with a micro SD card up to 64 gigs. Uh, it's got two gigs of RAM. 16 megapixel camera, dual SIMs again. And aside from that, there's, you know, a lot of it seems similar to the pet. Um, it looks like it's a little bit more well-made. I have not seen anything so far comparing this to, like, a, a Chinese phone that it is, you know, that it's ripping off. So Now the question is if it's... Still has the magic and clickbait sites would try to get more info on it. Or exactly it, uh, right. Uh, not another, not another phone. Yeah, you it know, I haven't seen I haven't seen much at all actually about this phone anywhere. There were a couple of of there they were called reviews, but it was really just you know um, just sort of a list of this is what the phone will have, and not actually hands on reviews. So. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know of anyone that's got one yet. Aside from, I'm sure Paolo and Massimo have one. So, so I don't know. We, we, we this don't, sweet unboxing video. Yeah, we don't have one. So, so I can't do a review of it at the moment. But we we asked we asked them. Yeah, but we'll again, Commodore-CBM.com is where you can find out more information and buy one if you want to. Or Amazon Germany. Um, next will we go? Oh. Retroblah, our good buddies from from the last podcast that we did. Yes, Sinat Palic, who was also the press guy for um, Formers Mood Only. Mm -hmm. He is also part of the Retroblah crew. That is consisting of Sarah Schumacher and Sebastian Kreiner, which we um, had pleasure to work with for the film and museum thing. Um, um, film and games last year and also Sven Fursting Retrohand is part of that crew and oh. they made a music video together mm. with Martin Arman who did the music so it was pretty successful and they had a lot of people in the scene waving for example AJ and me well we, we weren't we were well we were supposed to be dancing but I don't know if it came out as that but um, Rainer Krapul's, um, well, not so fluent dance move, <laughs> were perfectly synced to the music. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, so were okay. so were I. We were there for, we popped in for about a, a second or so each, and uh, yeah. yes, that's our my our my, our uh, well, I don't know about Jurek, but it's my my world debut in a music video. Yes, so. mine too, mine too. <laughs> um, so we'll put that we'll put that in the podcast description. We'll we'll maybe embed that video or throw a link to it or something so everyone can see that. But it should be retropla.de anyway yes. for the homepage. And, yeah. and there's and Yurik had to explain to me the background behind the video because I didn't really. I I heard a you know a, a video that seemed kind of funny and and 
you know, there are lots of people in it, but I didn't understand the um, the background behind it. I don't know if we want to go into detail on that here. Well, do we want to debunk the myth around the lyrics? And well, it's not the lyrics; it's like words throwing at you. It's more like an insider. Do we want to keep it like an insider? Oh, sure, I guess we do. Okay, right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> People can ask uh, can ask us in private. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that so that that's that. Um, I got one here. Um, Slaughter Bart Fast. He is a, a Douglas Adams character, but he's also a singer from Australia. He was a member of uh, Onslaught and Lithium and Hakuto Force. Uh, he was a coder. Um, he has started a new group on Facebook. It's a closed group. Uh, C64 Code Hacking. Uh, so search for that, and and he'll be going over some. And then he's also got a blog where he'll be disassembling some old pages and uh, essentially putting up tutorials on how to code. Um, he's also set up a Patreon for it. It's uh, patreon.com slash slarty. We'll link to this stuff in the podcast description. So if you're interested in learning to code and um, want to learn from a guy that is a, a, a contemporary era scener, then that's where you might want to do that. Great. Yeah. So that's cool. I look forward to seeing what he comes out with with that. Um, anything else? Okay, we got to have something else. So, uh, speaking a little bit of the SIDFX earlier, um, we got some feedback from... from um, this Vincent Ultimate mm-hmm. main guy. And, um, of course, it's true that he cannot promise that the 8580 emulation is 99% correct. Or which is what, so what you original... were saying in the last podcast, that the emulation yeah, was almost perfect. But, yeah, but... but that is what I read on uh, certain pages, to- mm-hmm. um, blogs, and so on from other people using that. And so, of course, I didn't mean to say that it's um, that they are promised it, that the creators promise it mm. that it's 199% correct. But it's sounding pretty close to the original. And also to mention, it also has some 65, um, 80 features in it. So, even from the old set. Okay. But anyway, I wanted to make clear that um, there's no promise that it's sounding like 99.5% like the original right. 5880 Z chip. Thank okay. you. Well, and next year we will also mark our 17 years of Scene World. Ooh. Scene World can drive. <laughs> what does this mean? Can drive? Oh, in 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 the in New Jersey, anywhere where I am, New Jersey, New York, the driving age is is seventeen. Ah, you get okay. your driver's license at seventeen, and then I thought it's sixteen. No, you get a learner's permit at sixteen, so you can drive with someone else in the car. But hmm. you get your actual license where you can drive by yourself at seventeen. Then you can drink at twenty-one. Interesting. So we're not we're not quite up to there. Scene World can't drink yet, and it can't vote, but it can drive a car. Depends on which country you are in. Yeah. yeah. In Germany, you can drink with eighteen. Yeah. Well, that's because Germany isn't as crazy as uh, most places. It's like that, or there is no drinking age because because you know there's places where where six year olds are having a glass of wine with dinner. We're so focused on prohibition of anything good here in the U.S. that. 
that you know we gotta you know keep that 21 year old yes well so any other news um i think that's it for this time so let's hop over to the interview uh stefano is there waiting for us we had some we had a couple of mild uh technical issues in the beginning of it but we we sorted it out so let's pop over there and talk to him so welcome welcome to the podcast stefano thanks for taking the time sorry for the delay um nope. okay so um so you are chairman of tech toy and you are one of the first employees of tech toy right correct okay um so let's first start a bit with how did you actually get involved with tech toy and how you you started to get involved with the video game industry in Brazil? Well, I started to get involved in uh, video games in the end of the 70s. I think my first visit to Nintendo was, I don't remember well, 79 or 80 or 81, when I was trying to build here in Brazil Game and Watch. Uh, they did not have yet the, the Super NES, this, the 8-bit the uh, system. And then I was hired by Sharp uh, when we were trying to bring Atari to Brazil. And then we lost Atari to a local company called Gradienti and we introduced uh, Intellivision from Mattel. Uh, and so I got involved in video games. And then uh, I was working uh, at Sharp when um, the founder of Tectoy, he left uh, Sharp to build another company, which was called Elsys, which is a company who uh, used to design uh, dedicated uh, electronic uh, solutions for companies which in the 80s were not so keen in electronics. Uh, so we designed ASICs and those kinds of stuff for them. The first one we did was for Whirlpool, for a washing machine from them. And uh, studying each of the business segments uh, which needed more uh, help in electronics, uh, we found toys in Brazil. We had Estrela here who had 50 years and was 55% of the market share. And they really did not love electronics at all. They, in fact, they hated it. So instead of helping them, uh, they decided to create a tech toy. Uh, when this gentleman left uh, Sharp to go to this other company, I wanted to leave also, but he did not let me <laughs> leave the Sharp. So I was not, when TechToy was grounded, I was not there. I was not on board. I came like 15 minutes after. Um, so TechToy started in September 87, and I started uh, officially working in December. But uh, basically, uh, since then, I, I am with the company. Interesting. And um, Tecto is actually known for having the Sega license in Brazil. And you are still releasing new mega, uh, master systems and new mega drives, which is called Genesis in the USA. For mm -hmm. example, next year you are releasing in June, I believe, a new limited edition mega drive why why is that because why do you still do um re-releases of old game video game consoles 
Well, uh, there first uh, next year we are going to have our 30th anniversary, and it will also be the 30th anniversary of our relationship with Sega. So there are not many countries in the world, uh, I think none except outside Japan, who has a steady relationship with Sega for so many years. So we wanted to do something special, and we started a little bit in Facebook, looking, uh, our idea was to release the original master system. But we started to do some uh, research on Facebook, uh, and the first post was, uh, we had an incredible response, I think it was like 180,000 likes and sharings and something like that, the numbers were ridiculous high. And the people basically told us, no, we prefer Mega Drive. So we decided to relaunch the original Mega Drive, trying to be as close as possible to the original product we had launched here in 89. Um, which is kind of interesting because you said it's um, as close as the original, but you also added new features like an SD card reader. So, so the gamers actually can read the ROM files next to the cartridges. So yeah, you also improved kind of the system. We improved some things. Uh, uh, some are easy to understand. Uh, first, you have the, the cartridge slot. So you will be able to use most of your cartridges, not all of them. There are some cartridges which are not going to work at all. Uh, some add-ons like power base converter and those things will also no, not work. And um, in some games you might have a small glitch, right? Uh, we are still working on the hardware, so uh, we are fixing some bugs. But um, and we, it is today cheaper to to bring the built-in uh, softwares in a SD card than in a memory, right? Mm -hmm. Right, uh, yeah. So that was one of the reasons, because we have to amortize the costs of all the tooling and all the development in very small quantities, we believe. So we try to be as lean as possible with costs, so that we can bring the final product to the end consumer at a reasonable price. And um, we are not sure we are going to make money, but uh, that's more a commemorative edition than a business. And, and we see this a lot with, with yeah. a lot of different companies like Nintendo just put out the, the NES Classic, the little the mini one. And, um, I, I, you know, it's I, as far as I know, it's doing really well. And so this is kind of almost the same sort of uh, uh, theme that a lot of companies are doing now with putting this out. But so, so how do we, how do you, um, how do you handle the compatibility? Is it an emulation issue? Is it like an FPGA thing? Like how is this, how is it designed to work with the old stuff? It, it's not an emulation. It is, we are trying to reproduce the original hardware, right? Mm -hmm. But we, for instance, uh, if you go to, I'm not an engineer, eh? so I won't be able to give you precise answers. Uh, 
but I know, for instance, that Yamaha did a great job with the sound processors at the time, which are not available anymore. So probably we'll not get the level and the quality of sound that we had uh, when we were using their processors, right? And um, so uh, some some of the compatibility issues we are having is because the the hardware is different, right? So we are testing a lot of uh, games, right? Mm -hmm. And we are also making sure we have the licenses for all the games, right? Which is another huge issue. Right. So we have we're having to drop a lot of games because we cannot uh, get the licenses anymore. There is even one game which we probably will have to drop from the list. I know the creator of the game personally because he's a friend of mine, but I don't think he has the rights anymore. So it's it's an adventure. I think we have mm. here two adventures. Build hardware and get licenses. Uh, uh, I, I consider myself a person that knows licenses for 16 bits in Brazil pretty well because I have done this myself for, I don't know, 30 years now, right? And uh, we have launched more than 1,000 uh, titles here between 8-bit, 16-bit, uh, I mean 32-bit and 128-bit and so on, all of them fully licensed. In some cases, we had like eight licenses in one sole game. And it, this is, it's an adventure. So the number of cartridges that we are going to sell separately will be restricted to, I don't know, two, three, which I think we will be able to have both things, the compatibility and the licenses. I have actually two questions about that. One question is, are you aware that um, the games that were only released by Tectoy for the Brazilian market are really a hot item on the international market? So on eBay, you get like triple the price you, you normally pay in Brazil um, when selling to, to outside of Brazil. So it's a hot collector item. All your, your, all your exclusive title games and your consoles really collectors over here outside of Brazil, they want them and they are paying to, they are willing to pay almost any price to get them. Yeah, are you aware of that? Yeah, I am. Uh, the other day they showed me in eBay uh, like Monica no Castelo do Dragão for Master System being sold, I don't know, it was ridiculous. I don't even remember the number, but it was a huge number. In reais, it was really a big fortune. So this is quite interesting to know that uh, there are collectors around the globe who really love those uh, products. And have you ever considered to actually ship things abroad to widen your business? No, I don't think we are going to be able to do it because we don't have the rights outside mm. our territory. I might ask Sega to check if we can uh, maybe on a one-by-one -one basis uh, uh, be able to supply it to collectors or something like this, which are not going to resell it, you know. But at this moment, we did not do it. Uh, we don't have those rights yet. And we have not spoken with them about those issues. We are still clearing other 
more, how you say, priority items in engineering and licenses. But uh, at this moment, we don't have rights outside Brazil. That's interesting because in, in our past podcast, we also spoke to 3D Rams, who did Duke Nukem. And Tectoy also did a special version of Duke Nukem, a, conversation, a conversion for the Mega Drive. And actually, last year, it was in the news that Tectoy gave the license to a shop in USA to reproduce the game and translate the manuals and so on in English. No, if uh, we we were a little bit surprised when this when we saw the the product, but I had a, a look the other day on our agreement uh, at the time, and it was considered a work for hire, which means that the code and everything we wrote would belong to the licensor, and so it's correct they own the code we have written, right? So they can license to whoever they they feel they want to do it. It belongs to them. So what they did is perfectly correct. Uh, so this is correct. Uh, I was only surprised that uh, <laughs> to find out that this product was actually released by a company. Um, but this new Mega Drive is not the only thing you did. I, I have one, the Mega Drive 4 Guitar Idol from 2010, where you actually did like Guitar Hero for the Mega Drive. So it's not your first adventure into re-releasing the Mega Drive. No, uh, a big difference between Brazil and other countries was that Sega, they would introduce 8-bits and they would discontinue 8-bits not immediately after, but short after they would introduce 16-bit. And uh, once they had 32-bit, uh, shortly after they would discontinue 16-bit and so on. And we never discontinued um, the, let's say, the one-but-last generation uh, because here in Brazil we had markets for the lower-priced items, right? So even if we were selling, let's say, Dreamcast, um, there was a market for lower age kits and for lower income segments, which would love to buy the Master System or the Mega Drive. So that's why we are producing Master System uh, uh, till today. What happened okay. one moment was that the end consumer did not recognize anymore the difference between 16-bit and 8-bit, which was something obvious in the past. So the consumer said, why should I pay more for a 16-bit with less games than for Master System who gives me more built-in games for a lower price? So it was nearly impossible to sell Mega Drive. And we did not want to discontinue Mega Drive, so we started inventing new things. And your Guitar Idol is one of those tentatives to try to give him a, a, a longer lifespan and we really did, we really managed. Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question because you, you, you brought up, you know, how things weren't discontinued like that in, in Brazil. And how was the Brazil gaming kind of scene? Because we, we've spoken to people from Peru and it was a like a totally different realm than anything that we're familiar with, the way that they handled the games and the way that they 
they would, you know, the the game crackers would pirate other people's pirated games, and and you know they would have their little garage arcades for a little bit, and then they'd move on to something else. I'm just curious how how did it operate in in Brazil? Um, was it similar to maybe like Europe or the U.S. where where it, it was wasn't so much um, it was more kind of mainstream, I suppose. Well, it was mainstream, but um, you had rising uh, piracy of software, right? So Master System for what for us was not a big issue because uh, the cartridges had a gate array inside, mm-hmm. so it, you could not just copy the ROMs, right? Which was not the case for the Nintendo 8-bits, and they suffered a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we, in the beginning, also competed with 8-bit clones. Uh, it took a while until Nintendo the, uh, manufactured here in Brazil through another company called Playtronic, the real product, right? And so for us, it was very tough because we had a master system was more expensive to build than the Nintendo 8-bit. It was a more robust product. And, of course, we had to pay all the legal <coughs> fees for Sega, which the clones did not have to do, right? Mm-hmm. But we did a better job in the sense that we really supplied a better solution to the end consumer. So quickly, we got, got like 80% of the market. So Brazil was one of the few markets where Sega 8-bits really sold um, four times more than the, the, all the clones together. Like like the old ad, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah. <laughs> so and then when when you come to to the CDs, let's say to mm-hmm. to PlayStation One, piracy really rampaged because Sony it took them I don't know another decade to come to Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. So we suffered a lot because we were fighting the pirates here. Uh, our Dreamcast, uh, I think it was until July 2002 that they did when they broke the code the first time, if I'm not mistaken. But when we were selling Sega Saturn, which was not a CD, it was a GD, if I remember well. So ours was a little bit more difficult to pirate, but uh, we had a flood of uh, pirated. Uh, discs for PlayStation 1, which were really cheap, really, something like, I don't know, $1, and this was really tough, really. So we could not sell software anymore. That's that's why you you saw our hardwares with a lot of built-in product, like 130 ah, games. Interesting. So. Okay, interesting. So this is why you put in the games, like, on, on a flash drive, so that that you wouldn't have the piracy issue, I see. Huh. Yeah. That's, the, that's where it comes from. Yeah. So we would like to, to give uh, the, the consumer a very nice li- library with a very nice game value, right, with authentic product. Uh, so, I mean, we were always a company, we have spent here millions and millions of dollars putting those uh, copyright guys in jail, you know, it, it, uh, we, 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 we really, until we had to give up. So one day we just gave up and they took over. 
That's why we created, I don't know if you heard about Zebu, which was our product with Qualcomm, which was a, a patent of us, which was basically as, uh, using uh, Qualcomm technology. You had a kind of uh, a video game and you have a cellular phone inside the console. And it was designed for the developing countries which had piracy issues because you could download over air the, the software. And as you know, the Qualcomm technology is 100%. Uh, uh, you cannot crack it, right? You can crack code, but you cannot crack the download because it's built in the hardware. It's built in the software. It's built in the operational system, right? right. So this was a project that unfortunately did not uh, succeed. But the idea was quite nice. It's interesting. Yes, I have I have read about that. Yeah, it's most like an online based um, video game system. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was uh, it worked with a cell phone inside. It has a SIM card. It used it. It was it used a, it started to use a, how you say a chipset before Snapdragon, right? And then uh, even with the, the Snapdragon first uh, generation, and it did not, it, uh, the uh, output was not what we wanted. And it would have been fantastic if we would have been using the newest generations of uh, Snapdragon, but uh, the project did not survive so long. Too bad, too bad. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe we can continue this conversation after we release the new Mega Drive, the 2017 one in June. Yeah, why not? If, if you like, yeah, yeah, can find out if we really succeeded in in uh, delivering to the end consumer the product we really want them to have, right? And then I can tell you how it went. Yes, because we would like to keep an eye on on how well our our guests progressed in their plans, you know. So maybe that's an option, and hopefully next time without technical problems. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no problem. And thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to talk a little bit about TechToy and the Sega products in Brazil. Well, oh, thank thanks you for... for taking the time. Totally You're most great. welcome. Yes. So that was Stefano Arnold, the chairman of TechToy. Perfect. Great. Finally, we got all the information that we always wanted to know about TechToy. You know, all the myths, if they're really true, the rumors, if they are true. What's, what's their strife of making new megatrives and um, master systems and why they are coming out with a new megatrive next year and how it all started? It's interesting, very interesting to hear. Jörg's been really jazzed about this. He's been talking about this interview for a couple of weeks now. You have one of these things, right? Yes, I have. Uh, I have the latest Mega Drive um, um, pre-ordered mm -hmm. by a friend of mine. And um, I have the Mega Drive for Guitar Idol mm -hmm. that was released in 2010. Okay. And I have the... Um, Master System Generation Blue that was released last year, 
So I got all those stuff. And also I got some cartridges like um, Woody Wood Woody Woodpecker that was only released in Brazil and Duke Nukem 3D that was also only released on the Mega Drive in uh, well in Brazil and also the Master System version of Street Fighter 2 that was also exclusive for Tectoy. So Tectoy had a lot of exclusive titles. They're kind of like the they're they're, they're almost like like to to Sega what what Dream was to the 64. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's and and I liked. I found it interesting how he was saying that it's not. They're not building this on emulation. This is a. They're trying to make it as authentic as it was, and we didn't really get too into how they're doing that. But I'd be really interested to know, like what they're like, because he said like they're not like Yamaha doesn't make the sound chips anymore. So what are they using instead? Well, he said in the interview they are still working out on the details, but he also said he, we will make a follow-up interview in June after it's been released, so we will find out about that in half a year. Yeah, well, that should be that should be interesting. I, I you know, I'm I'm fascinated to to know how this stuff works because a lot of this is the 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 Genesis in particular has a quite a big following still here in the U.S. Um, one of the places that I actually work, we have a, a Sega Genesis hooked up in the living room. So, uh, you know, so I mean, it's still that 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 and the SNES were really like the two big consoles from the '90s that are still very popular now. And um, it, it'd just be interesting to see how how they do this, and and if this is a potentially a way to open up. You know, new markets and whatnot, like like with Nintendo came out with the with the um, the the mini NES classic yeah, mini. The classic yeah. mini. This could be kind of a, almost a prompt for Sega to hey, you know, step up your game and and join up with this and start doing something. You know, here's a blueprint. Tech Toys done it already. Get off your butts. Actually, Sega announced they are going to release something similar next year, and you oh, can already really? pre-order it in oh, Amazon. Okay. They already did. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I get for missing staff briefings. We are not having any. <laughs> <laughs> and you can actually, and actually, interesting is Amazon.com is offering a customs-free delivery to Germany. Oh. Nice. So they are. They made this specially for Europeans. So um, which means, I, which I would assume means that they're all in PAL. They're all PAL machines. No NTSC America. Amazon.com is NTSC, oh, right? Okay. Wow. Well, because I noticed the uh, the Tech Toy uh, Genesis is Genesis. Genesis is. Um, their their PAL. It was in. What do you mean? You mean the one from Tech Toy? Yeah. No, actually, the new Mega Drive from Tectoy will use PAL-M, which is a mix of NTSC and PAL. And that it works this way, that the screen sync is actually American, because, well, that is how television was introduced, but it was only black and white. Hmm. So Philips, which is a Dutch company, introduced color into Brazil. And this is why um, Brazil is the only country in the world that has Paul M, which means it's in American NTSC screen sync, signal mm-hmm. sync, but the but the European color scheme is used. 
Okay. So that means if you hook it up to a TV that cannot do PAL M, it will only play it in NTSC black and white. Yeah. All right. All right. So if you want to learn more about Tech Toy and what they're doing and the products that they'll be offering, the um, the um, the the Sega uh, Mega Drive Limited Edition, or the um, they also have the Sega Master System Evolution. It's blue. Um, if you want to check that out, that's at www.techtoy.com.br. And that's Techtoy, T-E-C-T-O-Y. Um, and it's in Brazilian, but you don't really need to... It's in, no, it's in Portuguese. It's, in Portuguese. it's not a language. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Science. Do it again. It's in... It's in Portuguese, so but but you don't really need to. I can't speak Portuguese, and I can understand enough about this to see what I'm looking at. So translate, yeah. So check that out. Um, you know everything else. Where to find us? Sceneworld.org, uh, YouTube.sceneworld.org, um, all these different things that we do. I'm not even going to go into the list. It's in the description below. Check it out. Instagram dot com slash SteamWorld 64. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, we've got some good podcasts coming up. Not going to say what they are, but we actually know that we have some good ones coming up. So that's a, that's a nice change from how we normally do it. So stay tuned. We will see you guys soon. Uh, and catch you later. <laughs>